Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Brian Robbins. Thanks for being on the show, Brian. Thanks for having me, Whitney. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to have Brian on the show. He's a good friend of mine. I've known him and his family for quite a few years now. And uh, But Brian is the author of Done, The Professional's Guide to Double-Digit Returns, Multi-Generational Wealth, and a Worry-Free Retirement. He's founder of Boilings Capital and is an income-focused multifamily real estate investment firm centered on providing stable, year-producing investments uh, to their clients. Their asset management partner shave over $150 million in performing multifamily assets under management. The CEO of Cornerstone Complete Care Incorporated, a multidiscipline physical medicine clinic. Uh, Brian, thanks for being on the show, and uh, but give the listeners more about who you are and what your focus is right now. Yeah, so thanks again, Whitney, for inviting me. I'm a practicing chiropractic physician, but I'm also involved with multifamily real estate. And we got involved a few years back and have syndicated a few deals and have written a book on how to get involved with this great asset class. I've got uh, 10 children and I stay pretty busy for sure. 10 children. That's nothing. Why why would you be busy? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) No, it's awesome. I, like I said, I know your family and just amazing people and an amazing story there as well. Wish we had time to hear more about that story. But uh, Brian, uh, you know, you wrote this book called Done. I'd love for you to tell us a little about that book and let's dive into a few things. Sure. So as a physician, things have changed in the last 20 years quite drastically. And I got involved to help people. And I guess the focus of, you know, what I've done with my life has been to really, you know, bring cutting edge medicine and well, physical medicine to patients. We have a multidiscipline practice and our hands have been more and more tied by government intervention and they've just changed things quite a bit. And so it's gotten to the point where I spend more hours in a day just about documenting and answering questions and writing forms for insurance companies. I just got tired of it and I didn't get into healthcare to be a, a glorified government healthcare worker. I got into it to have freedom and help people and just can't do that anymore. So that's what got me interested in writing a book on laying out a step-by-step plan for professionals to really take their occupation and use it to generate passive income for themselves and hopefully lay out a roadmap where they can provide for that stepping point or that launching point for themselves to get out of medicine if they choose to or out of, uh, you know, whether it's veterinarian or dentist or, or chiropractor, just, you know, providing for themselves doesn't mean they'll have to if they choose not to. I mean, they may really enjoy what they're doing, and but then they can do it without the stress and pressures of having to depend on insurance companies and fighting with uh, clerks and small offices located someplace else that are telling you how to treat your patients. It changes things a lot when you can work because you want to instead of because you have to, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, could you just tell us a few of those steps or maybe we go through them. So for, you know, for that professional or that somebody that's wanting to be a passive investor, but maybe they have that busy practice, just like you're talking about and you're thinking, how in the world could I ever own any real estate? You know, could you just lay out maybe some of those steps for us? Sure. So you have to really sit down and decide what you want, but lifestyle investing is kind of, I mean, it's a term we didn't come up with it, but 
it is a term that describes figuring out what you want to do and then invest to help you accomplish that. And so multifamily real estate and apartment complexes and just have a great, especially in the commercial realm, they have a great way to make great income. And when you take that and you combine that with a full-time job, sometimes that's hard. You know, you don't want to be up at 2 a.m. cleaning toilets or, you know, plumbing toilets or tenants calling you. And so real estate syndication really provides the passive opportunity for investors to get involved with real estate and not have to worry about trash and tenants and toilets at 3 a.m. So that's probably the biggest step in understanding real estate syndication. And really, it's just pooling resources with other like-minded investors and taking down larger assets so that you can capture the value of the commercial multifamily investments. So when we're thinking, you know, that busy professional is thinking about what they want, you know, I guess what are going to be some common things that they are really going to need to consider when they're trying to figure this out to get started? Yeah. So I guess take single family rentals versus the 100 unit apartment complex. So, you know, you don't have time to manage either one, quite frankly. You don't want to be, again, up late trying to deal with problems from a tenant. And so when you have a 100 unit apartment complex, it produces enough income that it underwrites the salary of a professional property manager. And so a professional property manager can be hired to come in and take all that hassle away. You know, they'll have, you know, a leasing agent, they'll have people that take care of all the mechanical aspects of the property. And so you don't have to do anything. The only thing you have to do is manage the manager. So that can be done during normal office hours. That can be done in leisure time. If you're a syndicator, if you're not a syndicator, then it's even more passive because all you do is you invest your money and you sit back and, you know, on a quarterly basis, you're going to take a look at what your investment produced. You're going to look at reports from your syndicator. And so this is really taking advantage of the wealth building opportunity that multifamily apartments, you know, have, but you're not getting all the the downside, you know, you're not having all the hassle associated with it. So you can continue your lifestyle. You can continue running your practice, but you can then take that money and put it into a hard asset. I'll tell you just a quick little side note, side story. What really got me interested in this a number of years back was I was working with patients during the day, just treating some patients. And I walked in and there was a guy sitting on my exam table and he was literally had tears coming down on his face. And he was obviously in a great deal of distress. And I thought he just had you know back pain or neck pain. I thought he was in really in a lot of trouble there, but that wasn't it at all. In fact, he said, you know, what am I going to do, Dr. Robbins? What am I going to do? And I, I said, well, I don't know. Tell me what's wrong. <laughs> and <laughs> he said, I just, you know, this was actually a couple days after the big crash and the stock market crash. He said, I just put all my retirement funds in the stock market. And I was like, okay, well, I'm trained well in you know, how to take care of back and neck pain, but this is not really my specialty. Um, And we talked about it a little bit and it turned out he had taken his company stock and transferred it over and put it in there and it had dropped by like 40 or 50% overnight. I mean, in literally a couple of days. And so I didn't want to be in his position. I didn't want to be sitting on some doctor's exam table somewhere talking about how I had worked my entire life and half of it disappeared overnight because I was just invested in you know the stock market. And so that's what got me most attracted to this asset class where you can actually own a physical building. You can go visit your property anytime you want. If you're an investor, whether it's you know syndication or you own your own place, you can go and you can knock on the doors. You've got something. If the stock market crashes, people still need a place to live. And so the industry likes to term an evergreen investment. I mean, there's always a demand for housing as long as people like to have roofs over their heads. So that story, and I told that story in my book, but that's really what got me interested in this field the most. Wow. So our listener then that you've convinced them, they know that they want to invest in large apartment communities, multifamily. 
And so what's some of the next steps or the next step that we should be thinking about to, you know, as a busy professional to help generate that passive wealth? So there's different asset classes, but multifamily seems to be the one that I really like that and self-storage. So if you're going to go with multifamily, then you got to figure out where you want to invest. You got to sit down and talk to a syndicator. If you want to invest with a syndicator, you want to do it yourself. You want to go for a larger asset. You want to go for a smaller asset. And so you got to take walk through all those steps. But finding somebody you can really trust, if you're going to invest with a syndicator, that's incredibly important. And so you want to see somebody's track record. You want to be comfortable with them as a person because you're going to be working with them for a while. They're going to be managing your investments. You want to make sure that they have a great communication system. They have a decent team around them. And they understand the asset category. They understand how to find you know, value-add assets that they can improve and create wealth for themselves and for you as an investor. And so um, I think that's pretty critically important is you know, finding a syndicator if you're going to go that route. Yeah. So you know, how would I know that I've found somebody that I want to invest with? You know, if I'm that busy professional, I want to do this. I want to own that real estate. You know, and I love this model. You know, how do I know that somebody I want to work with or what should I be asking? Yeah, lots of questions. Again, so the first one I would look at is their track record. You know, I would talk with them about, okay, what have you done so far? What are you looking at currently? Give me your criteria. And when I say criteria, give me criteria for like choosing a submarket to invest in. So first of all, if you look at the United States, you're going to look at where jobs are going. You're going to look at where growth is happening. And you're going to want to be right in the epicenter of those things that are happening. So hot markets, you don't want to be in a market that like Buffalo used to be a market where everybody would joke about how last person out turned the lights off because so many people were leaving. Now I understand it's undergoing, you know, renewal now, but you know, 20 years ago, you probably didn't want to be there. So, you know, seeing if the syndicator understands those concepts, if he, he really, you know, does his research when it comes to looking at properties and looking where they're located, then, you know, I would also then quiz him about, okay, tell me your process, you know, show me or tell me, send me some information. Let's look at what you actually do to vet the location, the market, and then breaking it down to the sub-market and then even to the neighborhood. I would also ask, okay, once you find a piece of property that you're interested in, what's the process you go through there? What is your due diligence? And do you have checklists? Do you have guides? Do you have help? You know, how do you really vet the physical plant of a property that you're going to look at? And so I would kind of walk through them with those with, on those steps, I think you're going to get a pretty good understanding of their capabilities, you know, just from asking those questions. And then the next thing is I would ask, okay, now tell me about your game plan. Are you a buy and hold investor? I mean, do you buy these as a syndicator? Do you buy these and hold on to them for 20 years? Or do you flip them in three years, five years, seven years? You know, tell me what your time horizons are. And you would want to see if, if your personal goals are going to match up with that syndicator. If you want to hold on to this for 20 years and he wants to sell in three, well, maybe that's not, maybe this particular asset, he, he might be the right guy, but maybe this particular asset may not be the right one to jump in with him on. So you want to make sure that you're both working together and not working in different directions. So I think those three areas are probably the most important. And then I would even ask, you know, do you look at value add properties? Do you look at class A, class B, class C? You know, these primarily you know, are you just looking for cash flow? Or are you looking for appreciation? Because, you know, the person who's a little bit higher risk, the investor who likes risk is going to look, maybe they want to see appreciation, they want to see growth down the road, whereas somebody who maybe a little further along in their investing closer to retirement, they might just want a stable cash flow asset. So, you know, those two things, when you're looking at planning, are pretty important as well. So those are all questions I would be asking. So great questions, by the way, that's some, definitely some stuff you need to know if you're investing with someone as a passive investor. But let's turn the tables a little bit, Brian, and let's, you know, let's be on the syndicator side working with that busy professional. 
you know, how do I prepare myself the best to be able to be ready for those questions? But then, you know, how to keep nurturing that relationship? Right. So I guess, you know, you don't want to work with everybody. I found that out as a syndicator. You know, the person who wants to get into this asset class and invest has to have the understanding that, number one, this is not a liquid investment. You're not going to turn around. And if you need to get out tomorrow, you're not going to be able to sell it. If you need that kind of liquidity, go to the stock market because you can do that in the stock market. But that's not the case here. Like any piece of property, it takes time to turn a piece of property around. And when you're investing with, say, like our last deal, I think we had 63 investors. So if you're investing with 63 investors, not everybody wants to sell at the same time. And so it's going to be a group of decisions made by your syndicator. And once, you know, as long as you're okay with that five or seven or 10 year time horizon, then that's great. But if I'm talking to a potential investor and he says, no, I want to be in and out in a year, well, then that's not going to work with you know, the direction we're going. I guess the next question we look at is to see, you know, from an equally yoked standpoint, are you a person who really is thinking about this more like gambling? You know, are you just want to roll the dice and we'll see how it comes out? Or are you, you know, just looking more for that stable long-term return? And, you know, we wouldn't want to work with somebody who has more of that gambler's mindset. You know, if somebody, you know, needs to score a big hit and that's the only way they can be happy, then that's probably not what we're going to suggest for them to get into this area anyway, because we know what the returns are typically. And so we can create returns, but they're not going to be like hitting a home run. We like to hit singles and doubles, occasionally a triple. Consistently, right? Yeah, consistency. And so that's the kind of person that we look for when we're going to work with an investor. And I guess to be honest with you, you know, the last thing is you don't want somebody who's going to call you and check on their investment every single day. It's no problem. I mean, they can call anytime they want. It's kind of this interview on both sides of the equation. And if you're interviewing an investor to see if you're going to work well, and you know, it takes them six months to make a decision on what they invest with you, and they call you every single day, well, I'm going to tell you that's how they're going to be once they invest. If you want that much of a handholding, then you know, that's going to be you know, what you're going to get. And so you just have to be, you always want to provide as much information as possible, but everybody needs to be on the same page, both the investors and the syndicators. So the expectations are realistic and the expectations, I guess one of our things um, in my medical business, I've always been, I guess, our philosophy is to under promise and overperform, And so that we want to do that with an, an investor. And so understanding their expectations will tell us whether we can deliver on those expectations. And so it's important to find that out from them. Brian, what's been the hardest part of the syndication journey for you so far? The hardest part is, I think, maybe some of the background legal work. I'm not an attorney by trade, and I didn't stay at a hotel in Holiday Inn last night. So, no, I can't pose as an attorney. So working through all the legalese and all of that and making sure we're 100%, we don't like anything gray. We want to be completely black and white. So that part is, because it's not right up my area of expertise, that part for me has always been the part where I have to lean heavily on our attorneys and those folks to do the legal work. The easy part is the asset evaluation. I mean, that's the part that just comes naturally to me since I've done a fair amount in the past. So, but yeah, the legalese is probably the hard part for me. And if you could go back and talk to yourself when you were starting the syndication business or journey, what would be something you would make sure that you knew or that you could tell yourself? Well, first of all, I would tell myself to start at a much younger age. <laughs> that would be number one. You know, we jumped in a few years back and it was right in the middle of this overheated cycle with multifamily being overpriced. And if I had caught it, you know, five years earlier, it would have been a completely different outcome. And so, yes, I would have definitely started earlier. But just in general, now that I know the power of investing in real estate, if I could go back and tell my 22-year-old self, I might not have gone to medical school. Who knows? <laughs> and what is uh, your buying criteria now? Like, what are you looking for? Well, we've actually kind of shifted some of our efforts towards self-storage at the present moment, just because multifamily is so overpriced. 
for the most part. I mean, everybody and their brother knows about multifamily, knows you know, that it's a great deal and knows that if they can find an asset, especially an off-market asset, then they have a chance to turn a, a great profit. And so there's a lot of money chasing multifamily deals. I mean, everything from 1031 exchange money to foreign money to... And so there's a lot of... You know, we spent the last three years looking at deals and we're not going to overpay with our investors' money. We are going to find a deal that works. And so we were only in best and final on a handful of deals over the last three years and, and only, you know, in the multifamily space, only knocked down one that made a lot of sense. And so when you say buying criteria, the criteria has to be that it makes financial sense. And so we look at different deals and we're looking, like I said, more at self-storage right this minute, but each asset class has its cycle timing. And so we're not giving up on multifamily by any means, but right this minute, self-storage just has a little less froth on the market. And there's not as many huge players in self-storage right this minute as it seems like there is in multifamily. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I think just the ability to get in or get our hands dirty and to not be afraid, you know, to really dig deep in a asset, both on the financial side and looking at their numbers to the physical asset. I mean, the physical evaluation, the due diligence side and, you know, getting crawl spaces and, you know, just looking, being able to see potential in a value-add property that uh, some folks might not see. I think between getting our hands dirty and being able to see that value-add component to it and seeing what a rundown asset can look like after it's been rehabbed, I think those are the two things that have probably been our, our strengths. Great. And you know, I like to ask every guest, you know, how do you give back? You know, how do you like to give back? I know that's a big part possibly of your why as well. And so I'll go ahead and ask, you know, tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and, uh, you know, learn more about your business, but then also tell them about, you know, how you give back, Brian. Sure. I guess to get in touch with me, Brian at wealthgencapital.com. That's the easiest place to get in contact with me. But the give back is, you know, really plays a big part for us. As I mentioned earlier in the show, we have 10 kids, but eight of those were adopted. And so we adopted a um, large sibling group of Russian orphans, adopted seven kids at once. And it's really drawn our hearts that direction. And so we made a good living before we got involved with real estate, but we got in real estate really to help, hopefully help us fund the startup. We, one of our life goals is to start up a couple orphanages. And there's so many kids around the world that are you know, displaced. They don't have a place to go. There's not a safe place to learn and to be nurtured and to, and to be raised. And so that's really our purpose with being in the real estate space is to be able to generate income to do that. So we hope to, uh, not long from now, we hope to be able to get our get our first one going. And we're certainly in the planning. Wow. That's awesome, Brian. And obviously, that's close to our heart as well. And if anybody's been listening to the show for any amount of time, you know that. And, and uh, But an amazing uh, adoption story uh, from the Robbins family. And I hope, as a listener, you get to hear that sometime. But uh, Brian, you know, thank you again so much for being on the show, just your expertise and experience sharing that with listeners today. And I also hope the listeners will go to LifeBridge Capital and connect with me. I'd love to help you any way I can and have that conversation with you and go to the Facebook group, The Real Estate Syndication Show, so we can all learn from experts like Brian and grow our businesses together. I hope you are sharing the show and I would greatly appreciate it. And we will talk to each of you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. 
Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.